A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to the Roger Report podcast in association with Sunderland Community Soup Kitchen. My name's Rich Spitt and I'm joined by ex-Sunderland star and current Arsenal ladies player and England international, superstar of the women's game, Beth Mead. Uh, how are you this evening, Beth? I'm good, thank you. like the introduction. <laughs> well, I mean, you're a proper superstar and somebody I think who has inspired quite a lot of interest in Sunderland Football Club over the year, particularly on the women's side. And somebody I think uh, a lot of Sunderland fans still look out for when they're following the WSL and the Lionesses. How's lockdown been treating you? Um, I mean, obviously at the beginning, I think it was a weird situation for everyone. But I, at the time, was injured when it first hit. Um, so I had a lot of concentration on getting myself fit before the game started again. Um, unfortunately, the league got cancelled, avoided, but... I kind of had something to motivate myself on, keep myself busy with and actually got myself in really good shape during lockdown. And I probably jumped on the TikTok bandwagon as well at that time as well. So that kept me quite busy as well. <laughs> Great. Yeah, I saw you doing some fitness videos yeah. uh, with all, all of your routines. Unfortunately, I'm not quite in good enough shape to follow along with <laughs> <laughs> Let's start at the beginning um, of your career. You grew up in a, a little village near Whitby, is that right? Yeah, Hinderwell. Um, about nine miles away from Whitby Um, smallest village in the world in the middle of nowhere but yeah it's where I call home and it's a place that I love and my family still live there and it's a beautiful place to to come from and so how did you get into football Um, I was a kid with a lot of energy I annoyed the hell out of my mum and dad there was a man who did a community local village Saturday morning session for an hour generally with the boys. My mum was like, oh, let's take her there. She enjoys sport. Try and get rid of a little bit of energy. Um, I turned up there one day and he told me they're quite rough, these boys, but she's very welcome to join in. And yeah, my mum returned and the man apologised to my mum. And obviously my mum thought I'd done something wrong. And actually he was apologising that I was rougher than most boys and better than most of them. So <laughs> he was someone who told me that I probably could go a bit further within football obviously I was just doing it as fun and I, I loved it but he was someone who kind of told me to move um, and do it a little bit more seriously and yeah it was something that I enjoyed doing and started to do more seriously. Who were your like your inspirations who did you look up to when you were a, a youngster were there players who like you idolized? I mean growing up the likes of Wayne Rooney I loved Ronaldo, Thierry Omri. Kelly Smith from Arsenal was a female that I followed mm-hmm. a lot. She was obviously huge as a kid when I was growing up and someone that I looked up to. So I always knew I liked scoring goals and wanting to be involved around goals. So they were players that scored and assisted and they were players that I wanted to be like. 
pretty good role models to have in the game, definitely. Not bad at all. And yeah, it explains why it turned out to be a, a centre forward or a forward in, in general. Yeah. You ended up being picked up by Middlesbrough's academy to begin with, and you yeah. were there up until the age of 16. Was that a really important stage in your development? Yeah, it was, and I really enjoyed my time there. You played against a lot of different centre of excellence. It was, it was at the time, I think we call it RTC now. Yeah, mm. not every game was easy, and I think when I played before, then I kind of was winning games 20-0, scoring 15 of them goals and stuff, so I wasn't getting tested, and... I kind of went to centre excellence football and still excelled, but it was more of a challenge for me. And I kind of learned my way and my how I played as a footballer and what I knew I was good at and needed to be better at. And that was a good development stage for me in my time at Middlesbrough. And that kind of variety in a, a young player's career is important, isn't it? That you that you do stretch yourself and and you talked. Uh, I've read an article, a really interesting article that you wrote for the Arsenal website about where you talked about getting out of your comfort zone, and you had to be kind of nudged and prodded and persuaded to get out of your comfort zone at Middlesbrough and move a few miles up the road uh, and join Sunderland, age sixteen. How did that come about? Yeah, I mean, I always say to kids now, speaking to them, I think being a big fish in a little pond isn't always the best thing for you, and as nice as it feels at that time, to become even better, you kind of need to become that little fish again. Um, Mm -hmm. I remember it clearly because I was 16, I played against Sunderland and I actually didn't start that game because I'd woke up one morning with a kink in my neck. So I was getting my dad to literally massage it on the bus journey there. And yeah, at halftime I got uh, brought on and scored a hat-trick against Sunderland and the Sunderland manager happened to be there at that time and was like, I need this girl to come and play for me. What can I do? And at that time, obviously, comfort zone, I was very comfortable. Um, the Centre of Excellence was actually going to go to under-17s age group. So it gave me an extra year to be there. So in my head, I was like, oh, I could maybe stay and keep enjoying what I'm doing instead of pushing myself at women's level. And luckily, both my mum and dad wouldn't settle for me being that big fish, you know. So they pushed me to go. And it was the best decision that I ever made with the support of them. And I went to Sunderland and played very regularly for them as a number nine. and kind of kick-started my career from there. Well, that's absolutely the case, wasn't it? You broke through straight away into the Sunderland team and your your goals over a four-year period took Sunderland almost all the way at the top of the pyramid. Obviously, you won Young Player of the Year awards at that time, really highly rated, but you were surrounded by some, some really good players at Sunderland. So who was the most kind of influential player at the time in that team and, and who did you learn the most from playing with the seniors at Sunderland and going through the divisions? Um, Steph Bannon was someone who took me under her wing, the captain um, for when I was there. She kind of took me under her wing and she was always tough for me, but it helped me. She was always tough for me in training, whether it was tackling and she was like, yeah, this is what's going to happen on a weekend. You need this now. And yeah, it helped me. Um, there was numerous of the girls, Kelly McDougall, who was there a long time. Rachel Finesse, who's still playing. Yeah, they were really influential for me as in on and off the pitch. They kept me grounded. They've made me work hard. You know, talent can get you so far, but you need to work hard. And they, you know, they kept me on my toes. Um, they made me a better person and a better player. And yeah, I would definitely big shout out to them players who were unbelievable for me, especially when I was a young 16 year old and they were, you know, quite senior at the time. You know, those kind of influences stay with you, don't they? Yeah. You, you hear, hear so many players talking up the, the people who did take them under their wing when they were first 
breaking through and they're, they're really important. But you were absolutely electric. I mean, I was talking to my dad in the lead up to talking to you, who I think was there during your first game watching Sunderland. <laughs> and he and I remember him ringing up and saying, they've found an absolute diamond here. <laughs> and he wasn't wrong. He's not a bad spot, uh, talent spotter sometimes. <laughs> you need to get him as a scout. You need to get him as a scout, <laughs> eh? Well, he's developed a few players for Sunderland over the years uh, yeah. as a school teacher. Um, <laughs> but you made it all the way and took Sunderland all the way with your goals. I mean, it was 18 a season for three seasons in a row or something yeah, like that. Yeah, I think my, my dad's the best for stats, but he told me, <laughs> I mean, my time I left Sunderland, I think I played 78 games and scored 77 goals, so it wasn't too bad a stat to have. No, it's absolutely amazing, isn't it? And yeah. in that, that season in WSL in 2015, you put in some memorable performances. You know, you you scored a header in the win against Liverpool, He's got a hat-trick against, was it against Chelsea? Chelsea, um, And those will stand out in the memories for a lot of Lasses fans. You're only 20 at the time, but how important in your development was that season and approving doing it at the, you know, at the really at the top level? I mean, for me and for Sunderland, I think it was proving a point that we could handle ourselves in that league, you know. We you know the game against Chelsea, they were unbeaten until the play does, and then we beat them 4-0 at home, so... Yeah, for me and for the team, I think it was an unbelievable season to kind of prove that we belong to be there and we proved our worth after, obviously, a tough time a few years before, not getting accepted, then having to, you know, go through WSL2, get promoted the hard way. So we proved ourselves in that league and then proving a point that we deserve to be there individually, that I could do it at that level. Um, I know a lot of people I critique saying, oh, she's doing it in WSL2, but can she do it in one? I wanted to do the best I could for the team. And I think that season, yeah, we got halfway through the season. We were top of the league, mathematically safe. And, mm-hmm. you know, we were buzzing about that. But actually, we were competing against the best teams in England. So for myself, I was competing against the best players and the best teams. And the same for the girls and the team at Sunderland. What was it that kind of pushed you to to look for a move? Or were you looking for a move or, or did... Arsenal come and kind of headhunt you and really like recruit you in that way? The season before when I got promoted with WSL 2, Arsenal actually came in for me before I started WSL 1. And I think I would have been ready to jump out my comfort zone at that time, but I wanted to, one, be loyal to Sunderland and compete with them in WSL 1 and kind of show what we're about and I'm about. And it probably was a risk because if I hadn't had a great season, would people have wanted me? Mm-hmm. But yeah, I actually signed a new deal for Sunderland just before Arsenal came in for me. So I was actually committing to the club. And then the season after Arsenal came in for me again. And unfortunately, at that time, I was full time professional, but they were starting to cut players down to semi pro again. Um, and the club was kind of going backwards, which was a real shame. But Arsenal was a dream for me. But Unfortunately, with the decisions being made at Sunderland, it kind of made my decision a lot easier to leave than it probably would have been initially. But for me, it was a good time for me to, you know, start a new challenge and push myself again to the next level. Yeah, I mean, for a lot of Sunderland ladies fans, that that demotion um, at the end of at the end of that season still hurts quite mm-hmm. quite a lot because it was not not for footballing reasons. It was, you know, you. And the other players and the coaching staff and the fans had all worked really hard and you know performed to the level and then to see that taken away for non-football reasons must have been gutting. 
how hard was it for as a, as a former player as you were you know as you as Sunderland were relegated to yeah. see them demote, demoted to the third tier for like for for things that didn't happen on the pitch. Yeah, I mean, I was devastated from afar, you know. It was my first senior club. I uh, hold a lot in my heart for the club. I still do. I wouldn't be where I am without them. And, of course, I was, yeah, devastated when I'd seen that news. You know, even when I played against Sunderland, I scored and found it hard. I didn't celebrate, but, you know, you find it hard with clubs that have kind of moulded you as a player. And I have a big love for this club, as do the fans and the hard work that us players, staff, fans, like you said, have put in to get us where we were to kind of have it took away without actually being able to stand on a football pitch was really, really sad to see. And I was, yeah, I was I was devastated for them. Yeah, and they've done amazing since then to kind of yeah. bounce back, haven't they? I mean, just like the form over the last couple of years has been outstanding and it's great to see them back in, in the championship next season. Yeah. So you... You, you go down to London, you move, as you say, out of your comfort zone, away from, you know, just being a few miles down the road from your your, your family. And then um, you've got a new manager comes in not that long after you start. You mm-hmm. get Joe Montemuro comes in, uh, Maidamar comes in as a, as a striker as yeah. well. And you're asked to do something completely different in your career. You're, you moved out to the wing. How important was that? in terms of your overall development as a footballer and how important was Joe in terms of his input into your playing style and you know your overall development as a footballer? I, at first, obviously, when Viv came, found it difficult. You know, I played number nine all my career. That's all I knew. That was my trade. I scored goals. I helped bring other people into play. Um, I found that really difficult. Um, yeah, being brutally honest, but... It's probably the best thing at the same time that probably happened to me as a footballer. You know, I kind of added a few more strings to my bow and adapted to become a winger and actually found a love for the wing. I I knew exactly what a number nine would love and maybe it is a position that suits me more. Maybe not, you know, I enjoy playing in both positions, but yeah, it kind of kick-started my um, career at Arsenal being a winger and I enjoy Maybe it's the way Arsenal play that I enjoy it there more. If I'd have gone back to Sunderland, would I enjoy playing as a nine or a winger there? You never know. But yeah, it's a position that I love playing. I mean, I love crossing a ball into the box. I love shooting from a distance or crotting, as people say. So it's a kind of meant to... I, I do believe in things happening for a reason and that apparently for me in football happened for a reason. Yeah, it's great. And, you know, you've expanded your skills out, haven't you? You've got a whole yeah. new aspect to your game and you you're still pretty lethal in front of goal when you're given mm. the chance. So the all the other good. And you've been really successful with the Gunners, really, haven't you? You've you won the title in 2019. You've been to the World Cup with England. That must have been some feeling going going to the World Cup, representing your country. Obviously, England, the men's team are in, in action tomorrow, yeah. as it is. But that must be some feeling. Oh, I mean, indescribable feeling. I'm representing my country in a World Cup. Um one of the biggest stages in the world in a semi-final against USA. Started the game, assisted in that game. It's kind of what dreams are made of, you know. Um, Starting as a 16-year-old at Sunderland wasn't something that I would expect to have been doing at the age of 24, 25. So super, super proud of that. And yeah, dream come true for me. Yeah, and you were surrounded there by other players who kind of spent time on Wea side as well. Yeah, um, yeah. Do, do you talk about that as a, as a as a group of kind of of players around the England squad that you know 
God, we've we've all been through the same club here, or a large part, yeah, yeah. part of you. Because I know amongst Sunderland fans, it was like, oh, the Women's World Cup. Look at all of these players yeah. we've been through here. I think there's people said that at starting lineup, but I think it was about six or seven players from that were ex Sunderland players. So it was nice to see. I mean, we do we joke about it. we said if we'd have all stayed, it might have been quite a pretty amazing team. When you think the likes of Bronzy, Steph Outen, Jill, Charlie, Jordan, Lucy Staniforth. Yeah. There was a lot of us. There was a lot of us that could have, um, mm-hmm. you know, there's quite a few names there that wouldn't have looked bad still together in a Sunderland shirt. No, definitely not. Definitely not. But it's an exciting time now for women's football. I touched a little bit about Sunderland getting promoted again. And there have been new big sponsorship TV deals. Um, do you? How do you feel that, Women's football has changed since you started your career a decade ago now. Yeah, massively. I mean, it's still got a long way to go, but the, it's bringing in more revenue, it's bringing in more fans, it's bringing in more TV deals. Obviously, Sky have jumped in now. It's bringing in more money. It's bringing in big players to the English league. People want to play here. It's a full-time job in the top league now in WSL1. Every team's um, full-time professional, so you're starting to see the women's game catch up a little bit because of these resources that are being put in place for us. And hopefully it can only continue moving forward and, you know, getting the backing from the men's teams and, you know, getting that help as kind of being one club and one club as a whole. Yeah, that's, that's certainly been something from the new owners who've come in at Sunderland. It's something they've been really keen to say is that they're going to offer the same backroom support in terms of training facilities and access to data and 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 kind of all the kind of physical conditioning stuff is all going to be equal between the men's and the women's size and i'm sure that'll have a massive benefit it's amazing but that should be the norm now i think that's expectation that it should be the norm in the women's game so yeah yeah absolutely we can get it there it it will be amazing if if all of the clubs in the english in the men's pyramid were doing we'll get there one day let's hope yeah absolutely so there's big changes at, at Arsenal. We just had new manager um, Jonas Eideval, is that pronounced right? Um, was announced uh, to, to come in and after Montemuro left for Juventus. Uh, and your squad's changing too. There's players going in and out. Are you looking forward with confidence the new WSL season? Do you see Arsenal being, again, once you know one of the top, top teams to beat? Yeah, I mean, last season, even scraping third was not good enough to our standards. Um, we know we need to improve, you know, we've got a new manager, it's a fresh start for everybody. I think we're all excited to get going again. We've got an amazing group of players and a talented group of players and we're adding a few more players to strength in depth and I think this season could be an exciting season for us and we've got to be confident and be positive about the season ahead and we can compete with the best teams, so that's what we need to start doing again now as an Arsenal team and the history that this club has. That's great. So, You've achieved a lot in your career already. International football, winning titles, playing the Champions League, uh, right at the top of the game. What are your ambitions for the next few years? Do you still got goals that you, you want to achieve? I don't like to set too specific, but I always have an expectation from myself individually to be, I mean, the position I play to be assisting and scoring goals. And I wouldn't say I put a specific figure on it, but I would, yeah, like to be doing that quite regularly in games and contributing to my defensive work. You know, it's an all-round game. And as a team, I think we know we need to be and want to be winning trophies again. Uh, we come away with nothing this season and that's a big disappointment for a club like this. So I think individually, 
if I do well, let the team do well. Yeah, trophies are a, are a big a big thing for us, and we need to kind of start getting them in the cabinet again. Great. Well, yeah, absolutely, and I'm sure with some of the quality you've got on the pitch in that squad, you know, you'll be there or thereabouts certainly. <laughs> um, so you've been around the game for 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 a good while now. You're really prominent. You know, there's a lot. You've got a big following, social media, and a uh, lot of uh, young women, girls look up to you uh, as a role model. How how important is it for you and for the players? You know, uh, you know your, your friends and colleagues at, at the club about being role models, about challenging discrimination. Is that is that a really key part of what you see as the role of a modern professional footballer right at the top, like yourself? I mean, yeah, I think I know a lot of young people and older people, you know, look up to me as a person and player on and off the pitch. I like to make an effort with people and fans and that's what how I've always been. You know, we wouldn't be there without them, but, you know, everyone has their own beliefs. Um, you can't tell people what to do, but you can kind of help put people on the right path. And as long as I'm doing the right things and the things that I believe in and that's all that matters, you know, to me. And hopefully people can follow along them lines. But I know I'm in a spotlight now where every little thing that I do is, you know, watched. You know, I could do this and a young girl could copy it. So, yeah, it's something that I'm conscious of as a player, but it's something that I want to use as as a positive and help young players or any person that would appreciate help. And I get some messages on social media platforms and people say I've helped them through lockdown. And actually, I've for me, I think I've done nothing. But if I can help that person by 1%, then that makes me feel good as a person and as a football player. It's it's nice to have that feeling that you've yeah. you, you've helped somebody a little, you've probably helped somebody a lot. Just to just to round off, it's a big question. This is kind of fielded from 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 amongst the Roker Report gang who follow uh, the women's game, um, and the, what everyone wanted to know was, you know, would you ever consider coming back up to Sunderland, play at Everton again on that sloping pitch, yeah. maybe as just the swan song to your your glorious career. I think for me, I would never say never. You know, I love the club and it's a club I owe a lot to. So as a player, I would never say never. And who knows, it might be uh, might be in the WSL in a, in a, in a couple know. of years' time. Yeah. Let's hope Kira and the lasses can, can keep their progress going forward this yeah, season. I hope, I hope for them that they do and I hope they have an uh, amazing season this season and get themselves back where they belong again. Yeah. We all do, and we'll be following as our second team, as always. As always, uh, we'll be yes. we'll, we'll be following Arsenal. Uh, so, thanks for your time this evening. I know we've got we've both got football we want to go and watch, <laughs> and uh, yeah, and so thank you very much for joining. Oh, thank me, you. Bethany. You're welcome. Go and enjoy your football. <laughs> Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweaters starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. 
Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.